angels, guardians, ghosts, and saints all play a part of this close and range. Holy men, prophets, healers, and kings. That's my entourage, man. The posse I bring. Angels. Welcome back to the Karen Grillo Show. Oh, God. I woke up at 12.30 a.m. and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I'm like, okay, when I wake up this early... It's going to be a rant, you know, because it matches my tired, cranky state. So today we're talking about really juicy topic. We're talking about spiritual arrogance within the context of the new age community. But before I get to that, can you please follow my podcast? First of all, it shows me that you want to keep hearing these. <laughs> and uh, and also the second thing is that I would love to hear from you. So if there's a specific juicy topic that you want me to talk about, please, you can actually go to the com and leave me a voice message. For each episode, I put a Q&A in there on Spotify. So you can kind of let me know how the episode went for you. Because hearing from you guys, like, you know, I'm, I'm a people person. And I, you know, so it helps me to to get energized and to get my brains, my juices flowing. So please follow my podcast, share it with people that you think would dig this stuff. I would just really appreciate it. All right. So, oh, holy hell. Okay. This is going to be a good one. So I've been picking on the Christians a lot, but today I'm shifting gears a little bit and I'm going to be poking at my new age siblings because I promise you I am in fact, an equal opportunity disruptor, okay? So just think of me as like uh, like an auntie, okay? There's, you know, the auntie that's just going to tell you the truth, but she still loves you? Okay, that's me, all right? So though I talk a lot about angels and what people would consider to be new age things, if you haven't guessed by now, you, you know that I'm not a Christian, probably, even though I do talk about angels, but... Some folks might be surprised that I also don't identify as a new age person. Uh, one of the first reasons why is that the entire concept of new age is pretty much a lie because many of the things that the new age folks are into are really old age things like pre-Christian things. So it's old age stuff, you know, talking to cosmic beings, aliens, all of that. I mean, ancient cave paintings have all of those beings in there. Also, the concept of channeling or talking to spirits or talking to the dead. You know, you've heard of a mediumship. Well, mediumship is a mediumship. It's ancestors. It's talking to ancestors. So again, this is ancient stuff. So I reject the concept of new age because a lot of the work that we're doing is perfectly ancient and actually is the foundations for all of the major religions, right? So I actually consider myself more of a mystic. I don't get too attached on identity or things like that. But, you know, the mystics are the ones that brought forth all the religions, right? It was a mystical experience in talking to an angel or talking to a bush or talking to the mountains, the trees and receiving deep wisdom, that's what started all. That's the foundation of all true religions, right? Including our indigenous religions. It comes from the mystics who are able to speak to the spirit world. So now that I got that foundation out of the way, you know, a little bit more about my philosophies on this thing and why I can so freely poke at our Christian siblings and our new age siblings and whoever else strikes my fancy. Let's talk about what's happening on the planet. Most of us who are kind of dialed into the spirit world and energy and things like that. 
pretty much agree that we're living in a new planet and a new world was born around 2020. And we are all kind of collectively putting the pieces together. And in this kind of spiritual awakening, I want you to know, like the spiritual awakening thing, this is also not a new age concept. These are the many prophecies that talk about this time period. And I think that Toltecs talked about it as the fifth sun. And we have a Buffalo calf woman prophecy. We have the Igu Condor prophecy. Lots of prophecies talk about this time. So and we are experiencing, part of experiencing it is people are becoming more wise. They're deconstructing from some of the old belief systems that we lived in, the patriarchal values that we've surrounded by. And some people are having actual spiritual activations, like they're all of a sudden getting tuned into the spirit world or having angel experiences, getting their authentic shamanism on, you know, talking to trees and, you know, nature's coming to life for them. So this in its foundation is a beautiful thing. So beautiful, especially when it's happening. It's we stay connected to our uh, logic, to our bodies, to our hearts, because there are some real dangers when we don't. So with the whole spiritual awakening thing, you know, I've had a few in my lifetime. My first one happened when I was about 19 or 20. And then the big angel miracle that I wrote my first book about, the angel experiment. Uh, I talk about the miracle story where I saw a bird divide into three small birds and fly away. So I've had my fair share. I've had some since that time. But because when this angel thing happened, I started getting more public, started bringing it into my psychotherapy practice. And then people started coming to me who were also having spiritual experiences and spiritual awakenings and really didn't have anybody to talk to. So I've been on the front lines here working with people in their spiritual awakening process for almost 12 years. So when you actually have a spiritual awakening, you don't have the, the luxury of denying it. You know, You know, it's not bullshit because you've experienced it. And a lot of people are left to cope with these things on their own. And sometimes it's not totally easy. And it's easy to start making weird choices if you don't have a mentor or a guide or you don't know anybody going through what you're going through. And depending on the kind of spiritual community that you get attached to or that you find, you could really just buy in to that spiritual community and almost lose some of your own personal authority and just start being believing in their belief systems about what spiritual is. Uh, so I've coached all kinds of folks through the spiritual awakening, doctors, lawyers, CEOs, FBI agents, hairdressers, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads. Oh, you know, it's happening to everybody. The spiritual awakening just happened. And uh, sometimes we don't see it coming. But in the beginning stages to the middle stages, it's a really sensitive time. And we have to really make some good choices about how we're going to start framing this experience in our mind. And so I see what a slippery slope it is. Um, and I wish it was all beautiful and wonderful, but I see some severe toxicity getting amplified and magnified in our spiritual and new age communities. And they're very dark byproducts. So today we're talking about spiritual arrogance. And when it comes to spiritual arrogance, it's a topic I could do like a hundred different podcasts about. There's so many different branches of how I see it coming to life based on the people that I work with. I train intuitives all over the world, you know, and I've been training people in intuitive healing. So I've met a lot of different personalities from all over the world. And so these are the themes that I see that are cross-cultural 
And so the spiritual arrogance thing is a real danger. And I talked to my angel alchemists, the people who train with me in my six month training about things like this so that they can uh, get more grounded and watch out and look at their own shadows about these things. So I'm just going to say what I mean today about spiritual arrogance. Today, I'm really addressing how when you have a spiritual activation, you start identifying as a quote-unquote spiritual person or a quote-unquote new age person, how unconsciously what we begin to do is separate ourselves from the others. And when I say the others, I mean those people that are not identifying as spiritual or new age. So you become spiritual and then you begin seeing other people who aren't talking like you or who don't see things your way as unspiritual. Or you see yourself as awake and your awake friends, your folks that are actively talking about spirituality as awake and the others as asleep. A lot of the, the pop terms right now is like, oh, I'm 5D and those people are still living in 3D. Oh, I'm ascended or my friends are ascended, were ascended, but they're not. In episode of this podcast 13, I talk about how I was in a spiritual community about 30 years ago, and we had our own version of that. Those of us who are initiated into this school, we called ourselves initiated and check this one out. The other folks were quote unquote profane. Okay. So not a lot of room there to pretend like that wasn't toxic. So the profane people who are, are uninitiated. So you see where I'm going. Those are the themes. There's us versus them. You see already the problem there? Because when you catch yourself separating spiritual people with unspiritual people, you are dangerously close to the toxic religious and Christian mindset. And this is specifically the, the toxic mindset that I address I believe it's in episode 11, somewhere around there. If you haven't heard that one, that's a freaking juicy one. Highly recommend. So, you know, that toxic Christian mindset where they're saved and they are righteous and the other people are demonic or unsaved. Okay. Can you see how it's the same thing when spiritual people do it? Just a different label, just a different robe that you're wearing. But the root of it is still about supremacy. and. The reason why that happens is because if you do not deconstruct and acknowledge the patriarchal value system, the white supremacist value system, the religious supremacist value system, and you have a different philosophy or belief system, but you don't deconstruct the foundational toxicity, you're just going to apply the same toxic shit to whatever it is you're getting into. Okay. And it's not any of our faults. It just, if you can't see it, you can't see it. So that's why I'm doing these podcasts or the ones around these topics so we can see it and dismantle it. Because I know spiritual folk don't want to be conflated with the bullshit that happens and that's happened on the planet. You know, those things are truly the precursor to violence. And again, if you didn't listen to that one episode I just mentioned about Christian hate, please listen to that because I'm talking about you. If you're a spiritual person, and you're doing these things. You think that there's a awake versus asleep or spiritual versus unspiritual. Uh, I think one of the big things we can look at right now around these issues are all those, all the new agers that got or are getting caught up or still getting caught up into the QAnon philosophies where they're telling everybody, oh, wake up. I, like I saw it all over social media where if people kind of push back against some of the QAnon philosophies. The energy of the QAnoners is like, oh, you're just asleep. Okay. So, I mean, super convenient, right? 
to just assume everybody else is asleep and you're right. Or another word for that is righteous because whoever's version of awake, whatever your version of awake is, it presumes that you know the truth. And that alone is arrogant. When you shut down from other people's experiences, that's the spiritual arrogance coming in. And I'm super fascinated by the whole QAnon thing. And I've done a lot of the research. I watched a lot of the same videos a lot of those folks have watched. But I look at it as a researcher. I'm not interested in getting abducted down anyone else's rabbit hole. It's between me and spirit. That's the only rabbit hole I'm willing to jump down. But let me know if you want to hear more of my thoughts and research around QAnon because I'm happy to do a separate episode. But anyways, when it comes to the folks I've coached, one of the main things that starts happening in the beginning is that as their energy changes and shifts, they begin seeing their, maybe their partners or other family members as unspiritual or low vibe and begin almost telling them a story about how these people just don't understand them, aren't the right people for them because they're not spiritual, as if it's mandatory that we need to be in partnership with someone who officially calls themselves spiritual. But this concept is root a super duper flaw because we are all created from the same source. Everything that you see was created by the same source. Therefore, to separate something as spiritual versus unspiritual is in its foundation an absolute lie. Because someone does not express their who they are by having to define it a certain way does not mean that they're not part of the same genius, the same pulse as those of us who are kind of dialed into the spirit world. Humans are spiritual beings. From the second they wrap themselves in these skins, it doesn't negate the fact that we're still spiritual and it literally doesn't matter what we get into, nothing or no one has the right to take that away from us. You don't have the right to take someone's intrinsic medicine and blessing from them just because they don't believe in angels. So sometimes when we do this, we're like, oh, I'm so spiritual and this person isn't. They're so low vibe. I don't know if I can you know, put up with them. I want them to, you know, they should be doing their own work, learning, expanding. They should be meditating. They should, they should, they should. And so fundamentally, it's like, who the fuck are you? You got your shit locked down? You know, are you levitating? You still struggling? Because just because you found something that brings you peace doesn't mean that other people require that thing. We all have different medicine. You know, we come into these bodies, we come into these bodies with different lessons with different wisdom that we need to gain. Not all of us are in like massive growth mode, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's not better or worse to be super into personal development. That's just the medicine that feeds you. That's the medicine that feeds me. But it's not the medicine that feeds everyone. And that's perfectly fine. Like, I love being around other people who don't believe like me. As a matter of fact, they are my closest companions. So when we start saying that we are somehow more righteous than someone else, I'm more high vibe than this person, what are we really doing? We're making ourselves feel better, you know, because somewhere on the inside, you don't feel good enough. So now you got to make yourself feel good at the expense of other folks. Oh, I'm awake now. And those people who don't believe in my QAnon rabbit hole, they're asleep. Okay, you feel better about yourself now? 
great because what you're doing is putting other people down, empowering yourself by stepping on the heads of other folks. You know what we call that? It's bullying. You're just being a bully. And the folks that you know in communities that do that, they're righteous ass bullies. Is that who you or we as a spiritual community want to be? Every act is a spiritual act. Every person is a spiritual person. We are infused with spirit. It is spirit that animates all of us. Every breath is respiration. The root word is spirit. So when you start setting up these false paradoxes, then you go out of balance, period. Someone you see on the street hitting a crack pipe, still a spiritual act, okay? That person has a different lesson and a different teaching for themselves. Doesn't mean you got to participate in it. Doesn't mean you got to go rescue them or hang out, you know, because yeah, the energy is not going to be the energy that you're rocking right now. But it doesn't mean that you have to feel superior as opposed to superior, like our colonizing ancestors felt superior to others, have compassion, send them love and a prayer that whatever lessons that they're here to learn, that they learn them fantastically, fabulously, fully, so they don't have to do that shit again, right? And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, I used to love me some crystal meth back in my 20s. From every account from the outside, people would have thought I was a total and complete wreck and horror show. And I was officially, right? Compared to the average standards, I was such a, a fucking walking shit show. I loved crystal meth. It took all of my emotions away instantly. It gave me confidence. I'd never been a confident person, but I felt instantly confident. And then when I started shooting it up, it was like next level. I was so into it. Okay. This is not me trying to sell you on crystal meth. Stay away from it. It sucks your soul. But what I'm saying is here's the thing about crystal meth for me is that it tuned me into the spirit world. I had my first massive paranormal experiences on crystal meth and they weren't hallucinations. I mean, shit was flying across my apartment. I didn't know like I was a channel, you know, I didn't know I was like psychic or, you know, had abilities or anything like that. So, you know, when you go out of your mind and you don't know who you are, of course, like weird shit's going to happen. So that's what was happening back then. But I was like, holy hell. And I know I should have been freaked out, but I was like, what the hell is going on? So, you know, I got off the meth. But because of those experiences, I feel like that was kind of a, a driving force for me to stay curious and open. So I feel it was a quintessential part of my learning here, part of my teaching. And it's oh, so easy for other people to judge it. And it is so judge worthy. I mean, definitely needs to be judged on a certain level because judgment is that a good thing if it keeps you out of trouble, right? So again, my point is even my crystal meth habit was a spiritual act. So calling folks low vibe or not awake is you making second class citizens, creating some kind of fucked up caste system in your mind to help you and your community feel better. But it's arrogant and it's bullying because the bottom line is when you are coming from the heart, okay, and not from your pain, not from your trauma, and not uh, some disembodied state, when it's truly coming from the heart, the heart shows you what I'm talking about. The heart gives you more compassion, more empathy, and more respect for other humans, even if they're different from you, even if they believe differently from you. You know, for me, 
is the folks that uh, some spiritual folks would consider not spiritual, not doing your work. Those people saved me during my spiritual experiences. My husband does not identify as a spiritual person, per se. He is not into personal growth. He likes his comforts. But you know what his medicine brought me during that period? It brought me some serious grounding, some logic, some rationale, because, (laughs) you know, when you get touched by spirit, you want to stay in the spirit world. The last thing you want to do is be here where it's all grindy. You have to deal with other people, personalities. So, yeah, so easy to escape to the fifth dimension. Right. But like, come on, your work happens here in this body with these real people. And the invitation from the heart and from great spirit is for us to see the great spirit animating through all of us, no matter how we identify, because each person does have your most unique and precious medicine. My husband has the most powerful medicine. He grounds the fuck out of people. He comforts them. His presence is just safety. And that's valuable. Your partners don't need complicated fantasies about, ooh, let's talk about the spirit world, okay? If you need that, of course you do. We need that. That's why I build spiritual communities so we have at least other people to talk to about. But let's not burden our closest peeps with shit they're not into. Because I'm going to be honest with you, having walked through many spiritual awakenings with other people, people who just crack open are totally annoying. Because they're like, all they want to talk about is that, that, that. And it turns other people off if that's not their vibe, you know. But that's not the person's fault. So, you know, when people come to me and go, oh, my husband doesn't support my spiritual side. He's not supporting it. You know, my first question is like, well, how annoying are you about it? You know, are you telling them to like, you know, go do some tantric workshop or (laughs) go to yoga retreat with you? I mean, people need to be warmed up, you know. It's like going straight for penetration without, without, some nice, solid, heavy petting. So maybe they're not totally judging us or the other people are judging us. Maybe we're just talking about it too much and we don't have the discernment on what to say, how to say, and who to say it to. Sometimes it's just nobody else's business what we're going through. But finding safe people to talk to is so important, you know? So yeah, I've had so many people go, I think I'm going to have to leave my husband because he's not spiritual. To me, that's a red flag. Are you sure? Or are you just avoiding having to work through this stuff? You wanting to flit about and fly away and go off into fantasy, la la land, fifth dimension? Or you want to be a person on the planet? Because the heart activation, like I said, when you invite it in in this way and you look at the false paradoxes you're setting up and you do your best to dismantle them and you, instead of separating folks, You act more curious, like, "Mm, I wonder what this medicine is. Like a child encountering new people and being curious about them. Your heart really can open more to your fellow human as opposed to separating us from them. And that is, for me, the goal. Because when you're deeply touched, the nectar is so sweet. The nectar of love, of this divine love, this divine inspiration is so sweet. When you really see the beauty in others, it's humbling. It's not a path of arrogance. It's humbling and exciting and wonderful. 
So if you're in the beginning of a spiritual awakening and you're worried you have to leave your partner or whatever because they're not spiritual, put that shit aside. You know, open your heart a little bit more. Be patient and try not to make any big decisions. Your task is to love more fully, more deeply, more wholly. And sometimes it's the things that we find most repugnant that we have to lean into and not push away from because it might be showing us our own imbalance. Shadow work 101, yo. So especially if you're a healer and you are speaking with clients, please watch the language that you use. Try not to perpetuate this toxic belief that the spiritual experience is somehow more important or more special than other experiences. It's just a different experience, and we have to learn how to navigate it with our sanity, with logic, and without becoming full-blown assholes. Let's stop the cycle. So my foundational work here on the planet right now is to help us build bridges with each other, bridges in our own hearts to quit being so hard on ourselves when we don't perceive ourselves as perfect because we're not supposed to be. That's why we became human. If we were interested in perfection, we would still be unified fully with God. We wouldn't have making the choice to separate ourselves and go into a little amnesia for a while to play this game, okay? But if we're going to play the game, let's do it with fierce ass love and with a commitment to build bridges amongst each other, to not make ourselves to be better than anyone else, but to see us all as beautiful, perfect expressions with unique lenses and medicine for us to receive something that I've come into powerful awareness of over the last couple of years after my last spiritual awakening, quote unquote was that uh, for real, for real, for real, this is what I know. My students are my teachers and they're each bringing also me medicine, me wisdom. And so I listen in such a sweet, it just feels so sweet. It's hard to explain, but I just am in awe of all the people that I work with, you know, and how genius and brilliant they are. And so many of them think they're just little slubs, right? So it's just a lack of confidence and, oh, I suck. And it's just like, yeah, we all suck, but you're also really awesome, you know? So yeah, we all suck. So if you think you're like better than everybody, I mean, take a closer look, right? You still suck, right? You still are just working. Your people are working on something. They might have their financials worked out, but then they suck in relationships, Right. Or, God, they just can't seem to, like, <laughs> unplug from drama in their own life. There's chaos happening. Like, we all have our work. So dismantle any level of arrogance. Fight the need or the desire to put yourself in a righteous position, even if when someone's pissing you off. You know, you're going to have your initial trigger, yes. But every person that spirit has brought to you has intrinsic value and intrinsic medicine. And it doesn't mean that you have to stay in a relationship that is truly harmful or toxic to you. But let's not um, pretend that you need people who speak exactly your same language in order to uh, create a really beautiful, healthy bond, friendship, and uh, community. So I have this <laughs> practice, okay? So if you are kind of like low vibe versus high vibe, and you can't see folks on the other aisle, you know, let's say you're a QAnoner, 
or a Republican or a Democrat. You really just think the other people are just lost. Then this little practice can really help you open up to understanding that everything has intrinsic wisdom and intrinsic medicine in it if you approach it with honor and respect. Okay. So approach all people with honor and respect. If you really want to discover how all things, even the most repulsive things, have amazing medicine and all things are spiritual, then I want you to go outside, find a pile of dog shit. Okay. Or if you don't know where to find a pile of dog shit, you can have a nice little number two in your own toilet. I know this is disgusting, but I promise you experimentation is everything. So then I want you to actually meditate with it. Okay. (laughs) Stare at it, approach with honor and respect and say, hello, (laughs) what wisdom can you share with me today? What wisdom can you share with me today? And I'm saying this in all honesty. Okay. Because I really want folks to get it. There's no such thing as an unspiritual experience, an unspiritual thing. Every person, everything has wisdom. And with you, when you approach it from the heart and out of curiosity, it's amazing the stuff that you discover. So if you actually try that practice, I really want to hear about the wisdom that you received. Sit with it long enough, okay? All right? So 10 minutes. Just wait. So whatever you feel, sense, know, see what ideas come to you, what inspiration comes to you. And you might just be extremely surprised if what you can learn from the thing that we judge as the most repulsive. So feel free to share your experiment with me in my Q&A form on this episode on Spotify or go to thecorengrilloshow.com and leave me a quick voice message on what you discovered. So much love to each of you. Enjoy your party and let go of the arrogance. Party down. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Corinne Grillo Show and remember to follow me. Vibrating at the highest frequency of the bunch. Every soul shall adapt to match that at once. Oh, how we channel high mammal, no dunce. Cap who it fits, do with this what he wants. Merlin style, curling like, like prisms. Past lifetime, regressions, new mission. No obsession, no resting, true destiny. We blew breath in where death laid its weapon. Arise, call on master builder skies. Open up planets, align at the will of the wise. Voluntary compliance, allegiance with the